Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I want to talk to you about chokeholds. And now I, I know that that phrase might not be right. And we'll get to that. We'll get to the way Ogden City Police Chief defines it. But it is uh, essentially the root of much of the uh, uh, ire being leveled against police right now. It's one of the things that those protesting in the street would like to see happen, a ban on the practice of chokeholds or anything similar. Taking a step backwards for a moment, we have been following the president's movements on this issue. It was earlier this week uh, expected that yesterday we would get our hands on a, a, a list of legislative actions which the president could support with regard to law enforcement contained speculatively contained within that list was something uh, relating to chokeholds also civilian oversight boards and something the president mentioned a database of sorts where uh, those in law enforcement who uh, demonstrated uh, a tendency to operate outside of protocol that that would contribute to a database and that jurisdictions around the country could know of the bad actors, essentially creating just a better system of records to make sure that those men and women who might find themselves acting as law enforcement officers but doing so outside of accepted practices, those excessive force types, that they would be easily identified from one jurisdiction to the next. Anyway, uh, Thursday has come, has come and gone. We have not received that list of acceptable proposals from the president. I hope to get my hands on them today. In fact, we got another hour or so of the program. If I'm able to, to get my hands on that, I'll share them, of course, with you. But we did get today uh, just a little glimpse of where the president stands on chokeholds. I want to read you uh, a few quotes, and then I'm going to share with you uh, what the governor said yesterday, also what the police chief from Ogden had to say yesterday. And time is tight, so i got to move quickly. Here is what uh, President Trump had to say as he appeared on Fox News. He said uh, that, this is, he says, I think the concept of chokeholds sounds so innocent, so perfect. Okay, so you have to be careful. And then he went on to say this. So th- this is moments after same breath almost. Moments after he said he thinks the concept of chokeholds uh, sounds innocent, so perfect, he then goes on to say uh, that with that being said, it would be, I think, a very good thing that generally speaking, it should be ended. Okay, so not sure 
what to extract from that. Not sure which position uh, the president is communicating there. I'm going to go with the second half, uh, which indicates that he is open to the idea of chokeholds as a practice coming to an end, and maybe even that end coming via congressional legislation. All right, so that's where the president is, I guess. And yesterday, let me remind you of something shared by uh, Governor Gary Herbert as he uh, delivered a press conference. He spoke uh, about an order he had handed down, which was to the Utah Department of Public Safety and the Department of Corrections to enforce as executive policy a ban on the use of chokeholds for restraint effective immediately. So this is yesterday. Right now, we are under that new executive policy. The governor also directed uh, Post, the DPS's Peace Officer Standards and Training Program, not to teach the practice. Here's Governor Gary Herbert yesterday. Effective immediately, I'm also directing Commissioner of Public Safety Jess Anderson and the Executive Director of the Utah Department of Corrections, Mike Haddon, to enforce as executive policy what is now currently being taught through our post training for public safety officers and correction officers. That namely is that no state public safety or corrections officer is permitted to use choke holds or restraints that pressure the neck or the spine. And I'm calling upon all police agencies in the state of Utah, which there are many, to review their own policies to ensure that they are in alignment with our post training that we have for all post certified officers. So it's interesting. You can kind of read between the lines and find out who has authority and power to do what. The governor does have authority over the post curriculum. And so he is able to uh, hand down that new executive policy effective immediately, as he said. And then you heard that he invited those jurisdictions currently out there to uh, to to roll back their use of this. That was a question, a request, a plea. And so while the governor is able to impact the training of incoming and new officers, uh, those who are currently assigned to uh, departments and offices around the state, uh, you know, it's up to each of them to make their own decisions. Now, specifically Ogden. Yesterday, Jeff Kaplan talked to Ogden Police Chief Randy Watt about changing force guidelines by police, and he gave some interesting insight to the problem from the policy's point of view, primarily that the use of force like is is only used as a last result last resort rather and that it is used instead of a gun here is uh, chief watt it's a terrible misnomer number one i i've been in law enforcement for 40 years i've been a trainer in these techniques i'm an expert in use of force i get testimony uh, in court about use of force and uh, n- no department i know of uses a chokehold chokeholds are a direct block uh, to the trachea and they and they they block the airway what police departments do use is a carotid control or a lateral vascular neck restraint that diminishes the flow of oxygenated blood to the brain and it renders the person temporarily unconscious. What happened in Minneapolis was, was a terrible, uh, tragic uh, situation, but that was not authorized police activity. And no one I know of would support that. I want to jump down to a, a later question the chief a- answered. This question posed by Jeff Kaplan here was, is the Ogden police force going to evaluate their policy as the governor did for UHP yesterday? That's what the public is missing. That's what the governor is missing. That's what a lot of these folks who are jumping on his bandwagon, they're great people, they have great intentions, but they don't understand, they misunderstand the dynamics 
of where these levels of force fit, in terms of a spectrum of force. This is an all-out fight that an officer is in, and that's the only place we authorize those, and it's in order to prevent having to shoot the individual. Before someone uses a lateral vascular neck restraint, they will almost always have tried lesser measures that haven't worked. So that's what the chief said the the public is missing on this front. And now uh, his answer to the question whether or not the Ogden Police Force is going to evaluate their policy as the governor did for UHP yesterday. All right, we're having some difficulties in the booth. Apologies for that. Essentially, what the chief characterized was a meeting which was held yesterday uh, with himself, uh, members of the Black Lives Matter movement, NAACP and the ACLU, also university heads regarding uh, the temporary suspension of this, what he described as a, uh, or what he defined as a a chokehold. And the result was that they agreed and understood that to dial back the use of this tactic, it may result in officers having to shoot more people. Hmm. This is a debate uh, which will likely continue uh, in the public sphere as well as in meetings between these various uh, interested parties, certainly to include uh, law enforcement chiefs and sheriffs uh, and the like. Uh, And we'll continue to follow it here on these airwaves. Quick break. When we return, I'm going to talk about uh, something else the governor mentioned yesterday, and it was the Martin Luther King Jr. Commission. He assembled an emergency meeting of that commission. We're going to walk through what was discussed, and later on, we're going to speak to one of those commissioners here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.